0: You are listening to Perplexity.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Perplexity, a mystery podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kadra, but today's a little bit different. Because I am joined by a very special guest. I have Amanda goodness from Drinking the Kool-Aid podcast. Hello. I'm so excited you're here. It's so awesome to have you. I know. I'm
0: so happy to be here. <laughs> what have you been up to? How have you been? I've been good. I had a work meeting this morning, so I had to dress up in like a Disney outfit cuz it was like Disney themed. So I did. I'm assuming you've seen Hercules. Yes, of course. So me and my friend were pain and panic, the little like demons. (laughs) Cute. (laughs) Yeah, it was really cute. But yeah, I don't know. It's just it's been raining a lot here.
1: Yeah, same over here. It's been really foggy and kind of cold. Oh, really? Yeah, it's
0: uh, I feel like it's like that literally all over. And I'm like, why is everywhere like everywhere is raining and everywhere is cold.
1: Yeah, I know. It's it's been really weird. I feel like um, Cassidy would probably go on and on about the weather and why why that
0: is right <laughs> yes cassidy is my co-host on drinking the kool-aid and she loves talking about the weather <laughs> and she doesn't she doesn't do it in like that weird like you know when people are like so how's the weather like they have nothing to talk about it she's like oh my god did you hear this 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 and the precipitation here and blah blah, blah. and i'm like i don't care like i actually <laughs> don't care like please stop talking about it That's interesting how do you not find this interesting i'm like because I'm a normal human being. Want to <laughs> talk about this? I find like
1: natural disasters interesting but also unnerving and I can only talk about them so much. And same with like global warming before I yeah. just I get overwhelmed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, she also likes to do that to me. Like I'm the kind of person that I just like ignorance is bliss. I don't want to <laughs> hear about like I know it's out there. I know it's happening. I know it's important to know. <laughs> you know? Like I know these things, but I really just don't I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. And it was happening. I'm aware, but I don't want to talk about it. And she'll be like, oh my God, did you hear about this devastating earthquake? I'm like, I know, I know, please stop. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to freak out.
1: Yeah. I think it's like an anxiety thing for sure. Like, I'm very similar. And I was having a conversation yesterday with a patient when I was working, she was, di- she was getting discharged. And I had like a list of discharge recommendations. And one of the things I always tell the patients I work with is be kind to your mind. So like, hmm. be mindful of the content that you are watching and who you're hanging out with and stuff like that. Um, just being aware of your mental health, but she had never heard that phrase before. So I was like explaining to her what it means and what it means to me. And she watches the news a lot, which obviously important to stay informed. But at the same time, it can be really biased and heavy. So
0: I was in Home Goods yesterday and I was just like getting some like weird little like I had like a candle, and like silly things in my hand or whatever. Love. And this lady next to me, just like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just a horrible person. I don't know. But like I just sometimes I just don't want to talk to people. you know when you're just like you're focused on like trying to just get your stuff and like go home yeah there's like random lady in line next to me is just like "Ooh, what scent is that Ooh, and I'm like okay and then like I kept on trying to turn around and she kept on asking me questions about things and then out of nowhere she starts talking about things in the news and I was like oh yeah and she's like do you watch the news and I was like oh um you know you have to watch the news you have to be informed and I was like this I'm literally have a candle and I have like a little like measuring cups that look like a pie like a <laughs> cherry pie in my hand I don't want to have this conversation I have cute <laughs> little things in my hand why are we having a serious conversation in the line at home goods yeah you're like this is my self-care <laughs> yeah and it was pouring rain outside so I had I just like had so many things on my mind and she just like would not stop talking to me and then eventually <laughs> I got this is so mean but I got so frustrated that. I was like, I actually have to go. I put my stuff down and left because the line was too long. She wouldn't stop talking to me. Oh my God. <laughs> I do oh no. know. Like, I know. I just like wasn't happy. I've been having a week. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't no, having it. I I, <laughs> I was listen. like, lovely talking to you. Have a wonderful day. She was like, Oh my goodness, my friend left. I'm my so sorry lady. I just <laughs> that, can't. That's intense. Like, not in the line at home goods. Come on. No.
1: Yeah. I, I actually got I got this glass at Home Goods. You okay, can get anything. Go. Marshalls, TJ Maxx. I know. Like, that's you, where it's at. You talk about this on the pod all the time and like I I get it. I love a little self-care spending some time at TJ Maxx or Home Goods, just buying things that I don't
0: need. It's really dangerous. It is. It's a dangerous game when you're like, <laughs> "Ooh, maybe I'll just like pop in really quick and grab like one tiny little thing." Doesn't work out that way. It happens to me at Target too. Well, okay, here's the thing though. Target is actually more expensive though. So for me, I'm like, if I pop into Target, I'm like, I can kind of stay away from things because it's like a little more pricey but Marshall's is so cheap. Exactly. So what I have to, it's like, such a steal. Do you buy stuff
1: for your pets there? Because that's something yeah. that I improve. Like I do that all
0: the time. Cause I'll be like, Oh, it's so cheap. And it's, it's for the dog. Like I have to get it. <laughs> it is so like everything you're just like, Oh, that's $4. Oh, that's $5. I mean, then <laughs> after like you get everything and it's like your bills, $250. You're like, what? How did I do that? I blacked out. Yeah, I do sometimes. I'm like, I I go in for one thing and I come out with a hundred things. I'm like, I don't know what happened in there, but yeah, it's like my Disneyland. I don't know what to tell you. Listen, we all have our vices. (laughs) That and Trader Joe's. I also black out in Trader Joe's. Oh,
1: see, I love Trader Joe's, but I don't have one like anywhere near my house, so I don't go very much. But my uh boyfriend's mom loves Trader Joe's. Oh, good. And oh, she listens to the podcast. Hi, Miss McCrae. And so she'll send us like pictures of the hauls that she gets at Trader Joe's sometimes. And she'll drive fairly far is my understanding to get everything. She'll get like cute seasonal stuff and like, like pumpkin flavored snacks when it's fall. And I'm always like, Oh my god, that looks so good. Well, they have the best seasonal items. So you yeah. have to go every season. They do. Yeah, I know. I need to go more because every time I go,
0: I I love it, everything that I get. It's just so fun. I just like, I like to like just go around the aisles like a hundred times and be like, ooh, what do they have here? What's the new stuff that they got going on? And then everyone's so nice. Everyone's so nice. It's very
1: efficient. And I feel like, at least over here, the Trader Joe's are like, they're small, but they're not too small. It's like the aisles are the perfect size. It still feels like kind of cozy and cute. And then their wine is so cheap.
0: So cheap. And it's good. Clearly, I like cheap things. (laughs) I'm realizing now as I'm speaking. (laughs) Same. Like everything I like is cheap. uh, And I don't like to speak to ladies in the aisles at HomeGoods, apparently. So (laughs) I'm cheap and I'm mean, I guess.
1: (laughs) I feel like you were probably so much
0: nicer than Oh, no, I was really nice. Yeah. I was really nice. It was all internal that I was just like, I can't do this right now. But outside, I was like smiling. I was like, oh my gosh, yes
1: amazing. This thing happened today and I was like, okay, I feel like Amanda probably could really speak to this. This TikTok just kind of randomly blew up today. Uh it was about my Garner State Park episode that I did recently and I pronounced the town Conken and apparently it's Concan. Okay. Like like a <laughs> yeah. can of soup. The amount of rude ass comments mm-hmm. that I got that were like This is how you say it. You're an idiot. How could you not know this? Don't report on these things if you don't know how to pronounce the name of the town. And I was like, how are people this upset about this?
0: Well, (laughs) something I learned recently. First of all, we know how TikTok is. Yeah. So TikTok is for the mean people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they got on there. They're the little keyboard warriors. They're trying to ruin your day. Yeah. That's, that's how crazy. I feel about TikTok no, I,
1: I agree. The meanest comments I get are on TikTok and YouTube shorts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> of course. Those are, those are the people they're like, I'm purposely going to go on here and I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings today. Yeah. I'm convinced that's what they do. But something I learned recently to get your videos to blow up is like you purposely mispronounce things so you yeah. want that reaction from people so honestly maybe it's working in your favor
1: yeah so tj actually told me that and i seriously i did not say this uh wrong on purpose but when i had i had something similar happen when i did the Samhain festival and i called it sam hain because that's how it's spelled and i genuinely mm-hmm. did not know probably should have looked it up more i own up to that but it was similar in that I got a lot of comments on it, it boosted it up the algorithms. But at the same time, it just gets me that people get like, what I guess, why do people get so triggered? When you look at how something is spelled? And you try to pronounce it the best you can? Absolutely,
0: so- absolutely. And like, as far as like, because we mispronounce things all the time, obviously on our podcast, like we're, we're trying, but you know, when we're covering stuff from like Australia and France and like right. whatever, it's, it's hard, we're gonna have problems, sometimes we're gonna have problems, okay? But luckily like our listeners are really nice, so like they'll DM us and be like, oh, by the way, it's actually pronounced like this. So like they'll say it in a really nice, productive way, which right. you would think that people would actually do. Yeah. But people on TikTok, uh, yeah, they do not do that.
1: Yeah, so it's annoying when you like, spend all that time making a whole video and doing all the editing and all the research and then like that's the one comment that you get but
0: anyway I was like I'm sure y'all have had your fair share of experiences with that so oh absolutely oh my gosh I mean we get we say stuff wrong literally all the time whether it's mispronouncing something or just like saying something that's not even true like we're spreading rumors by accident (laughs) you know what I mean But, but on our recent episode we I guess I like we were singing something like happy birthday or something. And I started singing a version of happy birthday. And then Cassidy joined in and we were both like, where is this birthday song from? (laughs) Like, it's got to be from like Chili's or something like how people sing it at Chili's or Outback. Like, that's what we're thinking. I got so many DMs from people. It's a Stevie Wonder song. Oh, it's like (laughs) happy birthday to you. You know, happy birthday and they're like you guys are stupid like they said it in a nice way but they're like you guys are stupid it's stevie wonder how dumb are you and i'm like yeah See, no i'm absolutely really stupid actually i didn't know that <laughs> like just so you know i'm aware i'm stupid and i yeah. say it on the podcast all the time so we're we're just two gals we're two gal and we're doing the best we can yeah <laughs> you know same with you you're a gal and you're doing the best you can exactly <laughs> so people need to kind gal. Of some slack. thank okay. you yeah <laughs> no more mean comments (laughs) please uh, that's for all of you people on tiktok and youtube you try to make a podcast okay that's what tj always says he's like yeah i mean see them try to make
1: the the content you know it is listen, I love it. But it is a lot of work.
0: So you do it realize how hard it is. They don't realize they think it's so simple. And it's like, it's actually really hard work. And then for you to come at me and be mean to the content that I'm trying to put out to you is so hurtful. Exactly. And like, I I felt the same
1: way when I first started podcasting is like, I severely underestimated how much work it was going to be. And so it's like, really, built my respect for content creators that much more I feel like I used to kind of make fun of content creators and be like oh yeah, oh yeah your job is so hard but now it's like I I do understand it a lot more so yeah
0: yeah and they all get mean comments and they just they just don't care yeah yeah
1: just trying to I think that's their like way to let out their aggression is just scrolling through and typing but it was just crazy i like opened tiktok and it was like you have 600 notifications i was like jesus christ
0: well hell yeah see at (laughs) least that's good (laughs) someone even
1: like reposted the video and he was like dragging me and i was like (laughs) all right well you know at least (laughs) wait really yeah no he like he so he like remade the video and it was like him like green screening me so i'm behind him and it's put in the part where I say Kong Ken and he like his head like slides into the frame and he's like, pardon me, Kong Ken, what'd you say? Blah, blah, blah. And then he starts talking about like the origin of the name, but he also like, was making fun of me at the same time, so it was like, I appreciate you explaining the origin of the name and why it's pronounced this way, but also you don't have to be so damn me I didn't say anything to him, but I was just like, damn.
0: He's hey, at least you're getting me. you more listeners, more viewers. You know what I mean? Let's go, baby. <laughs> so, cheers to him. Do you have anything good at Taco Bell lately? You know, they had they dropped all that new stuff, and I haven't tried any of it yet. But I really want to try. It's like the stacked quesadilla Ooh. thing. Oh. Have you seen that? No, I'll have to see if they have it at ours. I really. What do you mean have it at yours? Do they
1: not have it at every every place? Well, I feel like at different, like I I know before I've seen advertisements for fast food where it'll be like, yeah, new item now available, and then it like will be at select menus. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could. I haven't even seen this. No, look. This it's up. like they
0: dropped like a bunch of new stuff recently, and it's like okay. a stacked, loaded quesadilla or something, and it looks really good.
1: That is, so like any Mexican restaurant we go to, it could be like the nicest one ever. TJ always gets a quesadilla. That is <laughs> his go-to thing. So he's going to be so excited. Not Does he not ever branch out
0: from a quesadilla?
1: Not really. Same energy as like getting chicken nuggets and mac and cheese at a cheesecake factory. Yeah, Oh, uh, I had a friend who years ago went on a date with a guy and he took her to Cheesecake Factory, which is like a whole meme in and of itself. But yeah, of course, she was like, yeah, the first red flag was he ordered. I think it was like chicken strips or chicken tenders and like macaroni and cheese.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's like something I used to order when I was like 17 on dates because you want to be like delicate and you don't want to like stuff your face with like a burger or whatever, have stuff in your teeth. So you just get the chicken fingers.
1: Oh, I love a burger.
0: I love burgers so much. (laughs) So much. They're so good. And Cassidy always tries to like send me videos of cows. (laughs) And I'm like, why do you want to hurt me? i've sent you cow
1: videos too
0: a lot of people do there's like what? a conspiracy against me well i know
1: when, like when i sent you one i was like oh my god she loves cows and this is so freaking cute i'm gonna send it to her and it was the cow like rubbing his face uh-huh. on the wood and then like all the other cows were like it was like a little scratch post it was so I cute do.
0: i love cows <sighs> tastes so good what am i supposed to do i
1: know, I know what to do <laughs> Help! I saw something the other day, and I immediately like scrolled past it. And was like, nope, I'm not reading anymore. And it was about this new documentary that just came out, and it's like on Netflix. It's I don't know what it's called, but it was super pro vegan apparently, mm. and it was another like kind of nightmare documentary where it was like, look at all these horrible things that are happening to animals. And I was like, nope, I'm so sorry. I'm a bitch. I can't do this. And
0: then- no, I I do that too, and I'm like. Ugh. Like I, I feel bad because I want to be informed about that stuff and it, it would probably change my mind, but I'm like, what would I eat? Like, I just, I don't know. Like, what would I eat <laughs> if I was vegan? I just like,
1: yeah. And like, listen, I know that there are a lot of really good vegetarian and vegan recipes. I have looked at them. I have made a lot of them before and I've been a vegetarian before, like very briefly. But i <laughs> it's like a 30 day thing. But I like I know that there's good recipes and stuff like that. But it is like a lot of time and effort and making sure at first when you're learning that like you're getting the right vitamins, you're getting the right amount of protein. Um, it can be more expensive too, because then it's like you're supposed to shop sh- uh, organic. So yeah, I'm doing the best I can.
0: We are doing the best we can. We're <laughs> telling you guys
1: <laughs> to us. I feel like the general consensus is just like eat less meat, like try yeah. to do it, try to do vegetarian
0: diet like one, even just one meal a week just makes yeah. a big difference. But one a- of my good friends, she was vegetarian for eight years and she's like, I need to try incorporating some like chicken into my diet because she's like, I think being a vegetarian is like making me lose my hair. Oh, my God. Because I don't think she's getting enough protein. Yeah, no, I mean there's people that I've met before that
1: have to be on very specific diets. Also just like the setting I work in in healthcare, like I work with a lot of medically fragile and like compromised patients that yeah. have to be very careful about what they eat and what they don't eat and some of them it's like, yeah, I tried to do this diet or I tried to be vegetarian and it was just very, very difficult for me to get, you know, my blood sugar right and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, but yeah, it's wild. I know.
0: But I just love animals so much, so it's hard. Well, that is
1: what we're talking about today. We're talking about animals. I know, my favorite topic. <laughs> I sent Amanda uh, just a little bit ago some photos, and I'll post them on Instagram, uh, but we're going to be talking about some very special animals that may have had a sixth sense, maybe, maybe not, so we'll get into Ooh. like some theories about that, but we are going to talk about uh, Oscar the Hospice Cat. Oscar. Uh, so from 2005 to 2022, the Steer House Nursing and Rehab Center in Providence, Rhode Island housed Oscar, along with a lot of other like therapy animals, emotional support animals like dogs and cats. And Oscar was domesticated, but he was brought to Steer when he was just a little tiny kitten. Aww. So super little, and he would end up, as he grew up, touching the lives of many of the residents and many staff, uh, but also leaving a lot of people very perplexed. Uh, there's an entire book about Oscar, too. It's called Making Rounds with Oscar. And it was written by a doctor that met with Oscar. And my understanding, this could be wrong, but my understanding is this doctor worked at Steer. So if anybody wants to read it, it's called Making Rounds with Oscar by Dr. David Dossa. So the Steer house was pretty small. It was a 41 bed facility. And most of the people there were there for long term care. They had like Complex illnesses, dementia, parkinson's, things like that. so these people need a lot of care they're going through a lot of like horrible things and trauma, so having animals in places like this is really important uh, for people because it gives them a sense of comfort and so they brought Oscar here to to do this, but it was interesting because when Oscar first got there, he would like hide in closets all the time and hide under the bed. He, would so like, he was
0: like, I really don't want to do this job. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah,
1: he was like, listen, I'm I'm more of a shy guy. I'm just going to go over here. Uh, he was very much like you do your thing. I'll do mine. He kind of kept to himself. And he was also known to often hiss at residents if they came anywhere near him. Oh, he was a mean little guy. <laughs> he could be. He could be a little feisty guy. Listen, we all can. So after about six months of living at Steer, you know, Oscar starts to grow up a little bit, get a little bigger. And around this time, staff and residents start to realize that this is no ordinary cat. He has some very special abilities. So residents and staff started to notice that Oscar seems to be choosing to take naps next to the residents that would later die within several hours of his arrival. According to CrossroadsHospice.com, this discovery, quote, began gradually. A regular cat in the dementia unit, where, unfortunately, death is a common occurrence, would go about his casual cat business until somehow he sensed that the end was coming for a patient nearby. Oscar would essentially come out from his hiding, find the patient in need, Crawl up to them for comfort and hold a little vigil in their honor. End quote.
0: Hold a little vigil? Yeah. How do you do that? He brought a little candle, (laughs) a little pause,
1: a little lighter. (laughs) He's like, listen, can you guys light this for me? I'll be right back. (laughs) Just like, I'm a cat. I don't have any thumbs. He like strikes it with his tail.
0: (laughs) But that's so sweet. He's like, I know that these people only have a couple hours left. I don't want them to be alone. Exactly. And like, like I said, he was always
1: so private and like kept to himself. It was only in these specific times
0: that he would, he was always sleeping on people's laps or whatever.
1: Not at all. He like did not like anyone petting him, touching him, but he started doing this, and so staff quickly took notice, as did the residents. Uh, so he did this with one resident a few hours before they passed, then another, then another until over the span of many, many years, uh, there were about 20 or thirty deaths that happened that Oscar seems to accurately predict
0: or, He's killing them. We'll get into that, actually. <laughs> like, I'm assuming Oscar's, like, a really sweet guy, but you never know. Right? Yeah, there's there's some interesting
1: theories. Joan Tino was another doctor at STEER, and they interviewed Joan, I guess. And so they explained in one way or another, Oscar would consistently manage to make an appearance for these patients. And it always seems to be, this is the other interesting thing, in the last two hours before the resident would pass, so it was always around that same time span.
0: Yeah, that's like really specific.
1: Yeah, so really interesting. And I, I don't know about you, but like I've never heard of another animal doing things like this. Like I know animals can sense when we're sick and not feeling mm-hmm. well, but, you know, doing it over and over again to multiple people in the same amount of time. And then like, I don't know, normally being really private,
0: like it just all seems a little bit more than coincidental yeah. to me. And to be, yeah, to be able to, you come out of hiding and you go to this specific person and they die within like two hours and it happens every time that's like that's more than a coincidence right and it happened
1: a lot so he like i said was there from 2005 to 2022 so after he accurately predicted 25 deaths in a row staff started calling family members of residents to basically notify them in advance that their loved ones were showing signs of decline and likely going to pass away like so sometimes they wouldn't even know that these residents were dying yeah but the staff like trusted oscar so much in his like predictions that they would literally call these families and the families knew oscar too because they would like come visit and they would call and be like uh you know oscar's laying by your mom you should probably make arrangements and come here and oftentimes it would help these families have adequate time to like travel and make funeral preparations it wasn't as surprising
0: wow oscar's killing it i mean not killing them but (laughs) sorry you know what i mean i'm sorry
1: not not the best wording but hey no 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 listen we're we're trying we're trying You guys know what I mean, okay? I know what you mean. So by 2007, Oscar's story starts blowing up in the media. So just after he's been there about two years, it doesn't take very long, um, he started making international headlines after the New England Journal of Medicine published an article about him. And the Steerhouse, yeah, de- uh, geriatrician, Dr. David Dossa, so that was a doctor there. He went on to write the book, like I said, Making Rounds with Oscar. There's a really sweet article, too, that I'll read in a minute. Um, I'll quote some of it. But by 2015, it's believed that Oscar was able to accurately predict the deaths of over 100 residents. Oh, my gosh. Which also kind of made me question, like, like, I've worked in nursing homes before, but I don't know, like, how normal is it for people to die like how often do you know what I mean like how often oh, should you're people saying be? like that's a lot of
0: deaths <laughs> you're right but I mean I guess like I don't lot. know like is this a this is like a home where people basically are there until they die yeah yeah my
1: understanding is like they had a rehab there but it's also like mostly long-term care okay. so it is people who are like very ill and are going there to like stay there long term so you know that's definitely something to consider too but yeah, yeah I just felt like 100 deaths is a lot. It
0: does feel like a lot, but maybe all of the people in that time frame just happened to be, like, older than... Yeah. So it was just, like... They're just all, they just all happen to be on their last couple of years here. Right. That's true too. Yeah. yeah I'll give Steer the benefit of the doubt. Okay. So I
1: have the 2007 article from Dr. Dasa about Oscar. Uh, the article is really good. So I would encourage you guys to read it. I'll put it in the show notes, but I put a couple of snippets in because it's such good writing. Uh, and who knows, we might make Amanda cry. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. So. He says, Oscar the cat awakens from his nap, opening a single eye to survey his kingdom. Slowly, he rises and extravagantly stretches his two-year-old frame, first backward and then forward. He sits up and considers his next move. Oscar jumps down off the desk and sets out on his rounds. Oscar continues down the hallway until he reaches its end and room 310. The door is closed. So Oscar sits and waits. He has important business here. 25 minutes later, the door finally opens and out walks a nurse's aide carrying dirty linens. Oscar lets her pass, then makes his way into the room. Lying in a corner bed and facing the wall, Mrs. T is asleep in a fetal position. Her body is thin and wasted from breast cancer. That has been eating away at her organs. I know, this part's awful and it's very sad. She's mildly jaundiced and has not spoken in several days. Sitting next to her is her daughter. Oscar takes no notice of the woman and leaps up onto the bed. He surveys Mrs. T. He sniffs the air and gives Mrs. T one final look. Then he jumps off the bed and quickly leaves the room. Not today making his way back up the hallway oscar arrives at room 313 so yeah it's like he so this is the other thing he would make rounds he would like go according to the staff he would like make rounds every day and like go to these different rooms and kind of like check on people if they like weren't looking so good but he would like smell them and then he would leave if it wasn't their time
0: well it's kind of like those dogs that can smell when someone's going to have like a seizure. Yes. So like maybe he just like had that.
1: Yeah, there's had, a like, a
0: thing. There's a theory about that too. And like cats, sense, sense
1: of smell that we'll talk about. But yeah, animals are so amazing. I know like when I worked at an inpatient rehab, they would have trained therapy dogs that would come in. And they train therapy animals for years. Mm -hmm. So I think Oscar was more of like an emotional support is my understanding, but you know, they can detect all kinds of health issues. I know like some people have them for diabetes, um, for seizures. It's really, really cool. So then they go on to say the door is open. So he's arrived at room 313. Now, uh, the door's open and he proceeds inside. Mrs. K is resting peacefully in her bed. Her breathing is steady but shallow. She's surrounded by photographs of her grandchildren and one from her wedding day. Despite these keepsakes, she is alone. Oscar jumps onto her bed and again sniffs the air. He pauses to consider the situation and then turns around twice before curling up beside Mrs. K. One hour passes and Oscar waits. A nurse walks into the room to check on her patient. She pauses to note Oscar's presence and begins to make phone calls. Within a half hour, the family starts to arrive and still Oscar has not budged. Instead, he's purring and gently nudging Mrs. K. A young grandson asks his mother, what is the cat doing here? The mother fighting back tears tells him he is here to help grandma get to heaven. 30 minutes later, Mrs. K takes her last earthly breath. And with this, Oscar sits up, looks around, and then departs the room so quietly that the grieving family barely notices. So I basically took the article and like pulled snippets out and kind of condensed it. But there's a lot more. And it's a really, really good article. So I would encourage y'all to read that. Like I said, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, so before we like get into theories, I know I started touching on a couple, but what are your thoughts, Amanda?
0: Tearing up a little bit there. Gosh, I just like, I think obviously Oscar, I'm going to go on the, on the route that he is just, he has a sixth sense. He knows he has this like power, I guess you could, you could call it. And he wants to be there. Like, I like that he doesn't just leave. He stays there until the last breath. So he's yeah. like, I'm going to make sure that no matter what, this person's not alone in their right. last breath. Right. Oh, God. I can't even imagine, though, like how that woman, like the first woman who was there with her mom, I think it was, mm-hmm. and Oscar comes in and then he leaves because he's like, not today. And that woman's probably like, the cat's here. You know, oh I mean? my like, God. everyone must know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like what's going to happen? Is the cat going to lay down on my on my mom? And then I know my mom's dead. Or is the cat gonna leave? I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that that's intense. It's either intense or it's comforting. I don't know. I guess a little bit of both.
1: Yeah, it could be a little bit of both. I know like a lot of the patients I work with are older. And I really hope that this is the mentality I get when I when I'm older. But I feel like a lot of the patients I talk to, they're like, listen, I am very comfortable (laughs) with the concept of dying. I've accepted it. I'm ready. Uh, when it's my time, it's my time. And that's that. So, yeah. you know, maybe I'll, I know, like, when I worked in places like this, a lot
0: of them felt that way. So also, like, I mean, you have you have an animal. So you, you know, the feeling like when you're laying in bed, and you feel your animal just like, kind of hop up on you and like lay down. It's just like the most comforting feeling. So somebody that is lying in bed, maybe they can't move or they can't speak, but like, you still, you still know what's going on. I think you're pretty much like, you can feel it. You can hear things around you and they feel that cat on them. And they're probably just so like at peace.
1: Yeah, no, I I think it's like, I think that's such a comforting thing to have in those last hours, you know, just like knowing that's like,
0: just this warm, fuzzy presence is there with you. And just, I think every Hospital, nursing home, like anything like that should just have animals everywhere. I agree. I know like at a lot of the dementia units that I would work at,
1: it was common like as dementia progresses that you obviously have a hard time grasping reality and mm-hmm. so they would often carry around like stuffed dogs, like little stuffed animals or like stuffed uh cats with them or i had like a couple residents that always had baby dolls with them mm-hmm. and they would like take care of them and like change their diaper and like talk to them and it was like so sweet but also sad you know but it, it just goes yeah. to show like that that sense of like Comfort doesn't go away even in those last stages of things like dementia.
0: And I I can't remember. I feel like Cassidy told me this, but there's like something that when you touch an animal, like touch an animal's fur, like your brain chemistry, like something in your brain, like just makes you calm. Yeah, it's like scientific. I think. Yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) I mean, don't quote me on that, but like I'm pretty sure. (laughs) We're we're gonna go with it. I don't know, know, but that sounds right. <laughs> listen I have a comedy podcast guys please don't quote me on this. <laughs> yes oh my god well Cassidy has a lot of book
1: smarts uh, book smarts I can't even say book smarts right she does so. and she says things with confidence so I
0: don't question it you I think I mean?
1: that I think that's the key I mean we know this from like cults
0: that that's yeah. the key is confidence absolutely and then nobody (laughs) questions you they're like you're absolutely correct and you are not correct ever.
1: you know so okay so let's get into some theories we can talk about these a little bit see what you think so okay so some people have called oscar an angel and others have called him an angel
0: of death yes i could see both sides here
1: Right, so it's kind of complicated and like interesting to think about both. You know, the angel is like that comforting part we talked about that it's like, okay, I'm here to bring you into the light, and then the angel of death has more of like a negative, kind of dark connotation. Mm-hmm. Of- well, it's kind
0: of like you know how like the Mothman people say he's like an omen for death. So like when you see him, something's gonna happen. Right, but he's not necessarily like killing anybody or like doing anything bad. It's just he's kind of like an omen. Yeah, he's just a little guy. He's just a little guy <laughs> and sorry that he just happens to know like he can predict things you know yeah <laughs> like oscar is just like a cute little guy and whether or not he can just predict death and he's an angel of death he's not necessarily killing people right he's just being like hey just so you know this is gonna happen exactly
1: he's like i don't shoot the messenger i'm just here to exactly. inform and then he cuddles with them yeah
0: he seems like a good guy to me
1: Yeah, so okay, so the smell thing that you brought up earlier, there have been some scientific theories that he is responding to a specific smell that this is kind of gross, but that human cells exhibit when they are beginning to break down and die. Uh, CBS News, when this story like blew up in the media, they consulted several animal specialists about Oscar to just kind of theorize like what was going on. And they theorized that the chemicals released by humans uh, when they are dying could be what he is sensing because cats have a very strong sense of smell compared Mm -hmm. to humans. Um, Other people speculated it could have been a learned behavior. So basically like, You know, he did this one time and maybe a lot of people like rewarded it or recognized it. And then, I don't know, it just became like this repetitive pattern for him. Also, almost like a routine kind of like would
0: he know which people were going to die?
1: Right. Yeah, no, I don't really like follow this one entirely. I can kind of see it in like if he was maybe walking around the hallway every day. Like, yeah, that's his routine. But from what I am reading, it sounds like he went into specific Rooms, um, yeah, and, and like, then he knew like who sniffed to cut the air
0: and was like, yeah. "No, not her." Exactly. Left. What you know what I mean? Like that's just too crazy.
1: Yeah, exactly. I wasn't buying that one either, but that's what some people said. He because <laughs> uh, they don't want to believe that Oscar is amazing, right? Uh, other people said he could have been picking up on the stillness or lack of movement of the residents. So I guess kind of like going back to when our animals. Sense that something's wrong with us, or maybe mm-hmm. we've been like laying down a lot, or if we're crying, they like tend to walk up to us and do they respond in some way, so some interesting things there um we'll talk about sixth sense in a second, but cats uh sense of smell and hearing is much stronger compared to humans uh there have been skeptics who have set said this is just an example of confirmation bias so Just that tendency to search for information that only confirms your beliefs or values. Other people say, and I love this theory, that he could have a spiritual connection and he could have some type of sixth sense. Going into like the sixth sense concept, you know, we've talked before, like in a lot of paranormal podcasts, and I think I've talked about this on my podcast before, how cats sense things they pick up on things oftentimes like if your house is haunted or you know it's always really unnerving and creepy if your cat is just
0: always like why why are you meowing at my open door in the darkness at three o'clock in the morning
1: right or like don't don't, don't stare at a spot on the wall for like 20 minutes that's and just meow at it that's really creepy so people have like long believed there are more to cats than meets the eye Uh, Going back to the Egyptians who worshipped cats, uh, medieval Europeans often associated them with witches. So again, we have those like positive and negative connotations culturally. People have reported their cats have warned them many times of imminent danger. There was also a really sweet story that I read about a pregnant woman who was due to give birth in just a few days. And her cat kept like leaving little toys in the nursery Like he would pick up his little cat toys and drop them off in the nursery a few days before she was due. So it's like the cat knew the baby was coming.
0: Yeah, so really cute. I know that like cats or maybe it was like one cat, I can't remember, but like predict when earthquakes are going to happen. Really? They like know like cats and dogs and stuff like they'll like hide when earthquakes and stuff like that are about to happen.
1: Oh, interesting. I've heard of ones like saving their loved one from like a fire or something like waking them up. Oh, yeah, that too.
0: Yeah, it's animals are amazing.
1: They're so amazing. We don't deserve them. So, you know, a lot of theories, but... Whatever the case for Oscar, his story is very unique and special, obviously, um, many residents and staff saw Oscar's behavior as a way to honor these residents and comfort them at the end of their life. Uh, Oscar lived a very long life. He lived until he was 17, and he passed peacefully in the year of 2022, so pretty recent. And also, I just want to say while I was writing this story, my cat, like, randomly jumped up into my lap and kept like licking my forehead and my face and he's never done that before so it was really weird I was like
0: oh my gosh what's this, what's going on oh right my now gosh <laughs> I just watched a tiktok actually like multiple of my listeners sent it to me of course because they want me to cry but it was like this lady and she was like I lost my dog recently and I've been having a really hard time with it. And I was really thinking about him today. So I decided to go on a walk, like on this trail that me and him used to go on all the time. And like, I don't know, I just like really missing him specifically today. And she was like, and right when I was, I set up, I looked up at the sky and I said, if you're here, just give me a sign. Like, I miss you. I just want a sign that you're here. And a dog, like right when she said that a dog that looked exactly like her dog, Started running down the trail, ran at her and started licking her face, like all excited. And the guy, like, came around the corner and was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I let my dog off leash. And she was like, No, it's okay. Like, you know, I lost my dog. It looks just like your dog. So, like, this is really comforting to me. And he was like, You know what's really weird about that is that I wasn't even going to come here today. Like, I never go on this trail. And for some, like, something told me to come on this trail today. And it makes me think like, I mean, we, you know, we talk about the mysterious, so obviously oh, this yeah. makes sense in my brain, but like your pet, or like, let's say Oscar told your cat like to come comfort you. I don't, right. I don't know. You know what right.
1: I mean? Right. Yeah. No, it, like w- in that moment, it felt so like, I don't know. It, it, this sounds, you know, weird to some people, I'm sure, but it felt like Oscar and my cat were like connected. That's what it I'm was, saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was- basically what I was
0: trying to get at. Yeah. I've never s- seen I spoke too many words.
1: <laughs> no, that totally makes sense. I love it. I loved it. Yeah. Cats. Cats are amazing. So that that's the story of Oscar, the hospice I cat. Love it. <laughs> so his little pictures I sent you. Yeah, Just he's make so sure. cute. He's so cute. Like I said, I'll put them on Instagram. He's so um, distinguished. He is. He just looks like a little distinguished guy. He does. There's pictures of him, like, making his little rounds and him posing with his little article. Um, I I really like that
0: one. That's my favorite.
1: (laughs) I love the one he's, like, when he's, like, up on the desk with the doctor. (laughs) They're, like okay should we review patients it's time for our 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 grand
0: rounds yeah they're like (laughs) okay oscar let us know what's going on today please right he's like i checked everyone's vitals (laughs) we're doctors and we're not being able to figure this out so you need to figure this out please i know he got
1: like a plaque or some kind of award for something and they like hung it up in the halls and i was like they should have given oscar like an honorary doctorate (laughs)
0: they should have he's so cute he's so cute. I love him. I was just about to say that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. RIP. I know. I'm really, I knew it. When you were like till 2022, I was like, oh, he's dead. (laughs) But he lived 17 years. I know. That's really good. That's a good long time.
1: Okay. So I have one more for you, and this one's shorter. Okay but I just thought this one was so cute and fun. I know, I see a cute little puppy right now. Yes, so this is Smokey, the Yorkshire (laughs) Terrier.
0: He's so little.
1: So tiny, so freaking tiny. So Smokey was the first, some people call her the first therapy dog, and she was also like a war hero, (laughs) so really freaking cool this was in the 40s so spoiler alert Smokey's not alive anymore i'm sorry amanda i know
0: i see her grave <laughs> <laughs> that's i think that's a memorial oh is it
1: yeah she has a lot of memorials all over the world oh, she's so cute yeah she's she's pretty famous she's a big deal so it, this happened during world war ii so in february of 1944 During World War II, there was a troop of American soldiers that were in New Guinea, and they were navigating the treacherous terrain of the jungle. There were allied forces from the U.S., Britain, Australia, and the Netherlands that had been fighting in the area since the Japanese had first invaded in 1942. So one day, an American soldier named Ed Downey is just... Bumbling around, minding his business. He had been driving around in a Jeep because that's how a lot of them got around with the rough terrain. And unfortunately, his Jeep got stuck in the mud. So he's like, damn it. And he like gets out of the Jeep and he's like, how it's the worst, worst, right? (laughs) So he's like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get this out? So he's like trying to figure this out. And then meanwhile, off in the distance, he's hearing a sound he doesn't recognize So he follows the sound and realizes it's a little whimpering noise and he finds an abandoned foxhole and he is looking inside and inside he would find a young adult Yorkie, fully grown, weighing just four pounds and standing at seven inches tall.
0: She's so little.
1: So tiny, Uh, which would definitely like play in her favor later. So the soldiers or the soldier would then scoop up the dog, and he took her back to camp. Which I would do the same thing. Absolutely. Yeah, taking this this little guy with me. Uh, The soldiers speculated that the dog must belong to the Japanese, but she didn't understand any commands in Japanese or English but she was fully grown. So like where she originally came from, people don't really know. So another little mystery with Smokey. Uh, Bill Wine, a corporal, uh, starts hearing about this dog And how they had, you know, coined the name Smokey for her. And so the corporals curious. And so Bill comes and looks at Smokey and Bill says later that as soon as he saw Smokey, it was like love at first sight. He Mm -hmm. was like, I have to make this my little dog. He bought Smokey off of Ed Downey for two Australian pounds or six U.S. dollars and 44 cents. So, yeah, so basically Ed Downey, I guess when they would pass time, they would like play poker and he wanted some money to get back into a poker game. So he sold Smokey to Bill for the exact amount of money he needed to get back into the game.
0: OK, well, I'm glad he didn't keep Smokey because he clearly doesn't respect animals enough. I know. I thought that was rude, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So So I'm glad the other guy got him. Yeah, I'm glad too. And it seems
1: like Bill absolutely adored her and like treated her really well. Is Um, that this guy in this picture? Yes, yes. So, you know, obviously though, like they're in the jungle. So, and I mean, they're literally like fighting a war. So it's very rough conditions. And then you have this teeny tiny little baby dog. So it's like a lot of juxtaposition going on. And Smokey would stay with Bill in New Guinea for the next two years. They would make history. They would serve the South Pacific with the Fifth Air Force. And Bill actually knew how to train dogs uh, because oh. in his pre war work, he was a dog trainer in Cleveland. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. So he trained Smokey and Smokey was like super smart and picked up things really quickly. And she learned all kinds of commands. But she lived in these primitive conditions alongside the soldiers. Uh, She would sleep in Bill's tent. They shared army (laughs) rations or an occasional can of spam.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And because Bill bought Smokey and she was just this random dog that they found in the jungle she couldn't be part of the official war dogs of world war ii so this part pissed me off so because she wasn't an official war dog she couldn't have access to vet vet care or dog food so bill just had to like take care of her the best that he could while the war dogs would get care from the vets and get actual dog food but Smokey. I think, couldn't care less. She was never sick. She was super active and super happy. Uh, Many of the dogs in the area would get injured paws from running on the coral because the area was, like, surrounded by water. But because Smokey's so tiny and only weighs four pounds, like, she's barely putting any weight on the ground. She she never hurt her paws. Good girl. Good girl. And Smokey was also, like very fearless Uh, bill made a little parachute just for her and she would parachute with him from as high as 30 feet in the air. They would like parachute out of trees. Why? I don't know, but she, like I said, knew lots of tricks. She was very smart. So she ended up learning around 200 hand signals and commands, and she would perform for the troops often for entertainment.
0: Oh, but she couldn't get any vet care dog food. I know. Come She's on entertaining now. you guys, <laughs> and you won't give her dog food? No, I just imagine her, like, doing the cute little thing. where oh, yeah, do- like, standing up on her hind legs. My yeah. dog does that, <laughs> and then, like, they do,
1: like, the little, like, begging hands. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. My dog does that all the time, and I'm like, you know I'm a sucker, and I have yeah, to give obvious. him some food. They do know. So she you know, learns all these commands and she also helped the engineers build an airbase <laughs> in the Lingian Gulf because they basically had, they needed to run this telegraph wire through this really long, really skinny pole. And the only way that humans could do this is like, it would take days. They would have to like dig through the ground, run all these things through this tiny pole. and. That also put the soldiers that were building at risk of being like in danger because there were like enemies nearby, there were bombings going on. So they wanted to get this done really quickly. And so Bill had this idea to have Smokey go through the pole. It's 70 feet long, uh, there were only four inches of headway, but Smokey did not care. She crawled through the dirt and mold inside this pole with the wire in her mouth and carried it all the way across, saving them three days of digging.
0: Smokey. She's a badass. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I would be so scared to originally let her go through there though. I'd be like, I don't want her to die. I know, I feel like
1: I would be too scared, but.
0: She's like, I know what I'm doing. Don't worry yeah. about me. She didn't bat an eye. She was like, okay, where am I going? So she, she said, and women can't be in war yet? Why? Right. <laughs> yeah, she's
1: like, listen, I'm here to spread a message. <laughs> That's right. So Smokey would survive 18 months in harsh conditions and combat. She followed Bill into 150 air raids, and she flew in 12 rescue and combat missions. Wow. She also she also survived a typhoon in okinawa oh my god and according to bill at one point Smokey even saved his life because they were on like this landing craft and the japanese started bombing the area and Smokey seemed to sense that there was danger before the bombing happened kind of like what we were talking about with the cat and the earthquake mm-hmm. earlier And so I don't know exactly how Smokey alerted Bill, but Bill like knew something was wrong and like ducked down. And then right after he ducked down, there was this huge fire, like I guess an explosion and that hit eight other men standing right next to them.
0: Okay, Bill, you could have maybe like told the other guys to get down too. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I don't know. I know. Yeah. No man left behind. Yeah, he's like
1: actually every man for himself. You know, I guess just having like a few quick seconds to react, though, like, I don't know. No, that's fair. Smokey also accompanied nurses on their rounds at the U.S. Army Hospital treating wounded soldiers in New Guinea. So I guess kind of just a little comfort, like walking around and seeing everybody, maybe like giving them
0: some little licks on their head or oh my something. gosh. Can you imagine like just how happy you would be if you saw that little tiny little thing and she's just like looking at you with her little happy face
1: right oh, oh my gosh so I mean war is so awful like the worst conditions you can ever be in and just having like this cute little tiny dog to like just give you a couple seconds of comfort yeah I mean that like I, I remember one time like not comparing this to war so nobody come for me but <laughs> I had a, a patient one time that like we were just sitting in a session talking and all of a sudden she like fell out of her chair and started having a seizure on the ground. And so we, she ended up being fine, but you know, it was stressful. We had to call EMS really quickly. They had to route her to the hospital, all this kind of stuff. So afterwards, you know, I I put on that face when I'm in that mode of like, okay, this is what we're doing and just really calm. But after she left, I like broke down in my room and started crying and there is a therapy dog in that hospital. And I guess the trainer like found out what had happened. And so she went in my room with the dog and was like, I heard what happened. I just thought you could use a cuddle. And so the dog- like, I
0: could, I could
1: actually. (laughs) I really could. And so the dog came up and it was so cute. I'm sitting in my chair and he just puts his head in my lap and doesn't doesn't move he just put his head right there and i was just like oh my god thank you so much it was so freaking sweet so you know just having that that comfort it's so amazing yeah. i'm sure it was amazing for those soldiers so basically to start wrapping things up here after the war all the us troops were ordered to leave their animals behind before returning what? home so bill though was like absolutely not i'm not leaving Smokey here so he in 1945 smuggled Smokey into the united states in a bag that was supposed to like house an oxygen mask and everything was fine he got Smokey back across into the us and they returned to his hometown in cleveland
0: i so they just leave their dogs there
1: listen i don't fully Do want to know i don't want to know yeah exactly so <laughs> I had that thought too. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to know because have you seen Chernobyl on Hulu? No, I haven't. So it's an amazing show. But if my memory serves, there's something similar where like everybody had to leave all their dogs behind. And it's, it was so sad. Like it just, and that's like the TV adaptation of it. So yeah, I was just like, oh, Yeah, that's too much for me. I don't want to know. I know Smokey's okay. I'm going to focus on that. (laughs) As long as we got Smokey. We got Smokey. She's a good girl. She was quiet in her bag. I'm sure the whole plane ride home. And obviously it's the 40s. So, you know, it was a lot easier to smuggle. (laughs) a dog back home. Very true. But Smokey, as soon as they got back to Cleveland, I guess nobody really seems to, you know, care that he smuggled her. Smokey became a TV personality. She became very famous. She would ride on scooters and walk on tightropes blindfolded. What? Blindfolded? There's videos of it online. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'll see if I can find the video again and send it to you. It's so freaking cute. Uh, She won a lot of awards too. She won some battle stars. Uh, She became one of the first war dogs to be awarded the Animals in War and Peace Distinguished Service Medal. And she also won the Purple Cross from Australia.
0: She deserves
1: it. She deserves every reward she gets. Uh, She lived till she was 14. She died in 1957. And she was buried in a World War II 30 caliber ammo box in Ohio. She's so tiny. <laughs> Very tiny. Uh, She has memorials all over the world, including the ones in the photos that I sent you. So her most famous memorial is in Queensland, Australia, and it's this bronze life-sized sculpture of her in a soldier helmet. And many people believe, I thought this was interesting, that Smokey is the reason that Yorkies became so popular as far as dog breeds go, like became a very Mm. popular household pet to have. Yeah. A Bill Wine lived until 2021. He died at the age of 99. Oh my gosh. Uh, And if you also want to read more about Smokey, there's another book called Yorkie Doodle Dandy, a memoir. (laughs) (laughs) Great name by William Wine. So uh, I think that's yeah, that's Bill Wine. So I was gonna say, is that the guy? (laughs) Yeah, I think that's him. That should be him. So Yorkie Doodle Dandy, a memoir.
0: Wow. I love (laughs) Bill. And I love Smokey. Bill was kind of hot. I gotta be honest with you.
1: I know. I thought the same thing. Yeah, he could.
0: Good for you, Bill. Yeah, good for you. And they both like lived long lives, like 14 for a dog is pretty good. Yeah. He lived till
1: 99. And he did like a lot of interviews after and he would talk about like how life changing that whole experience was for him and like, I, I'm sure, too, just getting through war would be so insanely traumatizing and difficult. So like having a little companion with you and like sleeping with you every night. Oh, absolutely. Like, so that, everybody, is the story of Oscar the Hospice Cat and Smokey the Yorkshire Terrier.
0: Those were really good stories.
1: Oh, I loved I loved telling them and I, I loved that um you loved them, too.
0: I'm glad we could do some cute little animal stories together. I know. When you were like, don't worry, I have two Amanda stories for you. I was like, perfect. (laughs) I I made sure, yes. You're like, Amanda doesn't want to hear about natural disasters or anything like really crazy going on in the world. Let's talk about animals. No,
1: I didn't want to do like anything super scientific or super medical yeah, say that for Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, I I already picked something out for Cassidy um, that I think she'll really enjoy and be able to give a lot of good commentary on. Okay, so I guess some announcements before we close out. Just want to remind everybody that I have a lot of exclusive bonus content coming out every week on Patreon. So if you want to become a patron, you can always join patreon.com/slash perplexity mystery podcast. It's just three bucks a month, and that helps support the show, keeps things going, um, and you get bonus content. What do you want? Yes.
0: I'm on there. So you should get on there.
1: Yes, Amanda's a patron. So if you want to be cool like Amanda and um my mom just became a patron too. So Good. shout out, shout out Rolana. You can get on there. Um I just released Uh, At the time this episode will drop, my Hell Camp documentary coverage. So that will be out. That's a crazy story. I do a deep dive on it. I talk about it like over an hour. So get on there. Uh, My merch links are in the episode description if you want to get that new 2024 merch. And if you enjoyed, please leave five-star reviews wherever you get your podcasts. It helps so much. I really, really appreciate it. You all are amazing. And Amanda... You are the best. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really, really appreciate it. Amanda, where can they find you and Cassidy? If anybody would love to listen
0: to this amazing podcast. So we are Drinking the Kool-Aid podcast. You can find us on Instagram. I think it's Drinking the Kool-Aid pod. On Twitter, Drinking the Kool-Aid pod. Um, And we are on dtk.com is our website. And you can find that like literally links to everything. Our Patreon, our merch. TikTok. We're on TikTok, but don't be mean to me. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody come for Amanda. (laughs) Nobody literally better say anything mean because I will cry. Don't make Amanda cry. (laughs) You're already going to come for me for being, for saying that I didn't want to talk to that lady at Home Goods. So
1: (laughs) how how dare you? How dare you? A random stranger while
0: you're in line getting your candle. (laughs) No, I know everyone feels the same way about me in that situation. You know, everyone thinks that way. They're like, I don't want to have to talk to this person right now. It's exhausting. Even just like talking to the people that I love on a regular basis can be exhausting. Literally, (laughs) it is. Talking is hard. That's why we have podcasts because we just love talking. Exactly. We love it so (laughs) much.
1: So I hope you all have a great week. I hope you all stay safe. And I can't wait to talk to you all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Perplexity, a mystery podcast, hosted, written, and produced by Kadra Brennan. If you enjoyed today's episode, tell the world about it by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leaving a five-star review. It helps the show more than you know. Contact, support, and merch links can be found in the episode description. And if you have a story to share or a topic request, send an email to perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. Kajra would love to read your story on the podcast. Until next week, stay curious.